I think I wanted to open up this morning. My son in our wonderful family ministry has been um, memorizing a scripture. And you want to come and give this scripture and pray for us? So let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Well, Lord, thank you. This is how God showed his love among us, that he sent his one only son into the world, that we might live through him. Lord, thank you for that we have lived for your sins, and we sinned. We forgive you. Amen. So, Lord, we do. We desire to live through you. We desire for you to be front and center. Lord, we come into your house today to say that you're worthy. You are worthy in our relationships, as I was just saying with Christian, with you, a relationship with you, Lord, you have been so good to us. And you are worthy to be exalted in our relationships with each other, our relationships with money, and our relationship with our time, and our relationship with every aspect of our lives. We say you are worthy, and we do desire to live through you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can you say good job to Levi? Levi, do you remember last week when, when Grandma made those, that lasagna? But was it pasta? Lasagna? My, gra- my mom made zucchini lasagna last week. Anybody like zucchini lasagna? Anybody prefer pancakes? Right? I think we're naturally um, like things that are brown, like our food. For me, like chocolate. Um, and then we throw in some lasagna into it. I think um, we also um, are really intentional about some things, but not always super intentional about other things. Who here got dressed in the dark this morning? I think I did, because my family was asleep. Brandon and I got dressed in the dark. The rest of us probably turned on the lights, had a couple of different outfits, a couple of different thoughts, what we, were gonna eat, what we were going to wear to church this morning. We were intentional about it. I also think um, I love some drive-thru, uh, but I don't like Arby's. I enjoy getting Chick-fil-A. Yeah? I'm super excited for In-N-Out to come to Colorado Springs. Uh, but here's a, a, a thing about me. I can't eat in the dark. Uh, has anybody ever been to Maggiano's? My grandpa used to love Maggiano's, but they turned the lights so low in Maggiano's, you can't even really see your food. So I don't know if I'm having pasta lasagna or zucchini lasagna. So I don't eat in the dark. I also, when I go through the drive-thru, um, for whatever reason, and please tell me I'm not alone, I open the bun of my food. I check it out to make sure that it's Edible. Am I the only one, or does anybody else see that? Ah, um, Matt? Ah, oh, man. No, I, I have to check out my food when I get it, okay? So I'm going somewhere. Today we're going to talk about living a life worthy of the call you have received. 
But the truth of it, so I'm the only one, me and Matt and are the only two that check out our food before we um, start devouring it. The rest of you just eat it in faith. But I and a couple others are only two that would get dressed in the dark. I think many of our days we wake up and we start our days getting ready in the dark, in a spiritual aspect. Like we're not really intentional um, with each one of our days. And we get up and we kind of find ourselves um, a master to our schedule, not, or the schedule a master to us. Like, what do I have planned next? Where am I going and what do I have to do without being super intentional? So my thought on today is that our life is the sum of each of our days. That what we decide as a habit and what we are intentional about each day will eventually be what our life looks like in the end. So turn to Ephesians 2 with me. It will be on the screen as well. We're going to read from verse 4 to 10, and then we'll pick back up in Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 3. So because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. But verse 1, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I think preparation for our calling, when we read these scriptures, starts with grasping the love of Christ and being filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Let me say that again. I think being prepared for our calling starts with grasping the love of Christ and being filled to the measure of the fullness with God. So we're going to turn to some table discussions now, and I'm going to put up three questions here for you. Are you living a life worthy of the calling you have received? And so at a table, um, I want you to pick one of these three questions. Do you understand that you are God's handiwork? Or do you believe God has prepared good works? purpose, 
and a calling for your life? If these questions, um, if, if, if you want to pass on these questions, I have another question for you that's not up here. I want you to say what's your favorite breakfast in town, okay? So it's simple. So it's fun. So get to know each other. Say hi if you don't know each other at your table. Three questions, four questions. What's your favorite breakfast in town? Are you living a life worthy of the calling you have received? Do you understand that you are God's handiwork? And do you believe God has prepared good works, purpose, and calling for your life? Ready, go. All right, let's wrap up those conversations. Victor! My friend. Well, we decided that our favorite as a family, I think the vote was between Urban Egg for breakfast and Wade's Cafe. Has anybody been to Wade's Cafe on Academy? Man, try it out. Yeah, if you're 60 plus, you get like a 80% discount, I think. So you'll see a lot of older people. My son asked a really good question. Man, let's just get down to it. I don't know if you realize that I can't figure out a mic and I don't do this a whole lot. So I'm not your preacher that's coming up here every week. I get to come share with you guys three, four times a year. And I want to sit in front of you like a big brother and um, just put the cookies on the bottom shelf. And when my son says, Dad, what are we going to talk about today? Like, what's the point of this? And I wrote right here, and every time that I share with you guys, like, I have all these notes. And if you guys were to pick up one thing, it would be that God loves you. It says, God loves you. God is on your side. He's coming after you, and God is relentless. Like, God loves you. I, um, two days ago, turned to my daughter in the car, and I said, Blakely, God loves you. And she looked back at me like, uh, thank you, God, God loves you. Actually, what she said, she said, I said, Blakely, God loves you. And she said, God bless you, Daddy. And I was like, okay, guys, God loves you this morning. If you showed up and you said, I believe God created me. I think I am his handiwork. Um, but you're like, am I worthy of the calling that he has called me to? You are. Because he loves you. Because he is faithful. Because he is after you. And he is relentless. Um, Psalms 139 says, For you, talking about our Father in heaven, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. Do we? Do you know the works of the Lord are wonderful? Do you know that fully? And he says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Verse 15 says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So again, I would say preparation for your calling starts with grasping the love of Christ and being filled to the measure 
of all the fullness of God. And so can you possibly see a juxtaposition between God calling, so what God has called you to be, and the culture? One position is eternal. One position outlives our life. And the other is really for me here and now. And um, let me pause and say goals and desires are not inherently bad. They're actually probably what creates some of our habits that help us walk into our calling. But I wanted to start with the first position, position one, our culture. So when you hear blessing or you hear purpose, um, maybe you hear from what you see around you. And maybe some of these are some of your wants. So when we're talking calling today, so to live a life worthy of the calling you have received, sometimes we would hear this. Um, I actually heard this this week. I want to work to have a billion dollars in assets I'm managing. And this is a friend of mine. He's well on his way. Not well, but he's on his way. And um, some of that might be, if I could see the thread under there, he says, I want to be successful. Inherently wrong? No. Is that calling? We'll talk about that. I want to be loved. I want to be rich. I want to be famous. And maybe even I want to be happy. Um, So again, some of these wants to accomplish a goal. Um, Some of my goals that I had, maybe your goal would be to graduate college, to finish up, to, um, to get married. Some of these goals are incredible. Um, But the difference with a goal is they have an end. Like you achieve a goal, and then it's over. A calling outlasts your life. And so I want to kind of paint a picture for us that goals can be accomplished, but wants, they perish with us. Um, Referring to calling, Pastor Greg Rochelle says in his book, Kazan, those wants are substitutes for the real thing. They're glittery placeholders. They're excuses to allow us to continue to drift. For the most part, people just stumble half-heartedly through life, hoping tomorrow will be better than today. No plan, no dream, mostly just existing. And so I would say again, God, and I'll say it a little different this time, and I hope you can catch this, God has prepared good works, purpose, and a calling for your life that will reflect the character of God. God has prepared good works, purpose, and calling for your life that will reflect the character of God. God has. He has. He has. The question this morning is, do you believe it? Do you know it? Are you seeking it? Have you found what the Lord is calling you to be? What were the, question, what were the answers to the questions like at your table? What would, the, what would the answer to the leader this morning be? And for me, I'm simply trying to say, and what I'm doing in front of you is I want to be 
a spiritual father, and I want to create paths for people to follow Jesus. For me, the Lord has called me into something to invite you this morning to say, okay, Lord, what are you saying? Where are you leading us? And how can we follow you? So this might be new language to you. Um, You're calling your purpose and to say, I've had these dreams, and now the pastor's asking me to frame them biblically. And here's the question that I would say when I would ask you to frame them biblically. Who's the hero in your story? Simply, who is the hero in the story? Why are we chasing after A, B, or C? Um, So let me explain again that you guys have been created in the image of God, the Imago Dei. And so as we exercise the love of God in the world, what we're doing is reflecting his character. This means that you have been placed on earth for a purpose. You have been placed on earth on purpose by a good God who loves you and has, 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 has prepared good works for you. And so wanted to step in to who I see as the mentor of this for me. And when I look to a mentor, I look at their purpose and the way they lived and the way they stepped out their calling and the way that they are still changing the world. And we got to look at Jesus, right? Surprise. We come in this morning to church and we're going to look to the life of Jesus and how the Son of God, being fully God and man, um, knew his calling. So Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus said, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down on my accord. This command I have received from the Father. This command I have received. So Jesus, the Son of Man, came to seek and to save the lost. The way I like to see, say this is that he came to redeem. He came to save the lost. We look at Adam and Eve from the very beginning of time. So if we're going to look at God as the main character, and I'm asking you, I'm giving you permission, like your life, who's, who is the main character in your life? You, but why and what is your purpose and who's the hero? Like who are you pointing to in, in your life, in your story? And in the very beginning of time, we see Adam and Eve, and they sin, and they are separated from God, and they hide, right? So sin causes them to hide from God, and they feel alienated from him when they were in relationship with him. Like Jesus, or God, the Word, in the very beginning, spoke to Adam. Like, you go name the animals. Like, you take dominion. You go rule. You go have authority. He has given Adam and Eve this plan and this purpose to rule God's good and his perfect world. And they sin. And they fall away um, from intimate, perfect relationship with God. And thank the Lord for the time that we are at that he sent his son Jesus to redeem that story. Right? So that's the premise. So Jesus then gets sent knowing full well that he's coming to restore relationship with me, Matthew, with Brandon, with Connor, with Matt, with Nick, 
He is coming with Levi. He is coming to restore our relationship with him. Jesus, fully knowing this. And but I think as young adults, we kind of get lost in the, like, Jesus was God. Um, I shouldn't say we get lost, but we get so pinhole focus on the three years of Jesus' ministry, right? And we lose the focus from baby Jesus to 30-year-old Jesus. And I think that's where we fall. You guys fall as young adults between um, 8 and 30 as young adults. And we come into this room and I'm calling out something that should be communicated in the church. Because where else are we going to find this? In our schools, in our culture? No. We have an opportunity to come into young adults in Sunday school and say, Lord, I want to be worthy of the call that you have set on my life. And so I look to Jesus. And we know very little of Jesus, but we know that he was the Son of God. We know that he came to Mary um, as a virgin and was born. We know as a little baby, the wise men come and bring him gifts, and they have to flee to Egypt, and then they're back. And, and we know that he has cousins, right? John the Baptist, who later would say that I must become less and Jesus must become more. We know that he has friends, and we know he has half-brothers. We know he has aunties and uncles. We know that he has pastors. We see him as a 12-year-old boy in the synagogue opening up the scrolls and preaching and teaching. Like, I don't know about any of you guys, um, but you're probably not going to be able to go open up the Bible this morning and stand on the stage and teach, preach. You'll probably get, the guys will have the red name tags. I don't know if you know that. They'll probably grab you and tackle you and push you down to your seat. We had an eight-year-old come up and read the scripture this morning. But I envision Jesus as a 12-year-old boy stepping into the synagogue, welcome. And he's there so long that his mother and father actually leave. And Jesus says, he says, this is my father's house. This is what, where I'm supposed to be. Jesus knew. And then we see Jesus' first act after being baptized. Um, the father speaks on him. This is my son whom well pleased. And it said, Jesus, knowing who he was, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I think that for you guys to understand your call is going to be done in moments like this in church. It's going to be done in the quiet places of prayer. It's going to be done in the relationships with other godly friends. It's going to be done in the relationships with godly parents and spiritual parents. Because this is what we see in Jesus. He walks into the wilderness And I want to propose to you guys today that the wilderness is not the place that you discover your calling. The wilderness is the place where Jesus was tempted by the devil. And the the enemy came to Jesus and actually questioned his calling. He said, "Um, you're hungry. You haven't eaten in 40 days. Why don't you turn this stone into bread? And Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone. Right? And he answers him back with scriptures. Jesus says, you can have authority over the whole world. Like, you can command angels to come. And Jesus says, no. That's not why I came. That's not who I am. I came to redeem people. I actually came 
to lay down my life that my children would know that they're loved and could be full of the Spirit of God. Jesus knew who he was. You guys tracking? The Lord, he alone then can determine your purpose. John 10.10 says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says to you this morning that he came that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. Okay, so I can hear your question. Okay, so what do I do? And we're going to take two minutes here and talk about this at the table. So I can hear this question. Okay, so what do I do to discover my calling? So talk about at your table, what are you doing? God bless you. What are you doing as an individual if anybody at your table is working through to discover their calling in Jesus? All right, ready? Go. Two minutes. I love seeing you guys in good conversations. I think um, if I can encourage you something that's not in my notes, I think this is one of the best things that the Lord has taught me to have godly relationships, to show up at church on a Sunday morning, uh, to join a godly Bible study, to put yourself in a place that you're around good mentors. Not that they're always going to have it figured out, but hopefully when you move into a new apartment, that there's someone to come pray over it with you, that there's someone to help actually speak into your life. So here's the thing that's really risky about this, though. You got to let them tell you your blind spots, the things that you're actually not doing very good at, as well as allowing them to speak into the things that you are uniquely gifted at. Okay? Let me say that again. There's some things in your tool bag that are unique to you, that you are gifted and talented at by the Lord, that he's going to then call out on you by other godly friends and mentors. If that is happening and you give them permission to actually call you onto the right path for his name's sake, um, there is going to be blessing and protection. But the other way is creating habits. And I think this is the same, that draw us near to the Lord Um, Because he promises that he will draw near to us. And no one should be able to speak into your calling like the one that formed you in the secret place. There is no one that will be near to you when you're on the far side of the deserts or you're in the depths or you're on the mountaintops like Jesus. Not a spouse, not an amazing mother, not a best friend. Um, We can come alongside, but only the Lord Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, will be with you always, right? It's this Moses saying to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be in despair or do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so maybe on a talk like this, if um, you would say, well, what are the five steps that I need to do? What are, just tell me, Pastor, what I need to do, and I'll do it to know the calling of the Lord. And it's one step. It's draw near to the Lord. It's the realization that God loves you, 
It is. That he's for you. That he's relentless. That he's coming after you. That he's paid for all the transgressions before you were even born when he knit you together in his mother's womb. So again, Ephesians says it this way. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. For we are God's handiwork, created. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I urge you, and the scriptures say, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. So we're going to spend the end of today in some um, table time, but it's not going to be discussion, okay? So we're going to practice this. So step one is we're going to pray, and we're going to ask the Lord for vision. This word vision is like, like forecast, like when we forecast the weather. Lord, help me to see with spiritual eyes who you've called me to be. I had breakfast. I wasn't, gonna, wasn't planning on saying this because I'd probably cry. Um, I think vision looks like to... Um, look at the 80-year-old self. So last Monday, I sat down with dad, my dad at Urban Egg, and we're crying over omelets. And um, he's, he's sick, and I think I've shared that with a lot of you, and you guys have been praying for us, and we've seen the Lord do miracles in our family. And we celebrated a big milestone where the doctor said we wouldn't have him, and we're, he's here, and he's doing excellent but it looks like being an eight, looking for a forecast, saying, I'm 80 years old, sitting across the table with my son, crying over omelets, and what do I want my life to look like? Because I'm telling you, it's the sum of your days. It's the faithfulness of the day. It's not the big moments of sin, or it's not the big moments of victory. It's the boring get up in the morning Every day, putting our boots on and following Jesus. I guess Jesus would be wearing sandals, not boots. Putting our sandals on and following Jesus. But we need vision for that. And that only happens in prayer. It happens in prayer. And my dad told me, um, the things that we miss when we get to the end of our life, and which is a long time for you guys, like most of us statistically in this room got another 60, 70 more years. That's a lot of days. But to see yourself at that place and to be able to look back what you want, my dad says he misses just the dinners around the dinner table or going to Little League practices. Some of those things that he was able in his calling as a consistent spiritual father to be able to provide for his kids and for other people. Vision. Number two. It's going to be to write it down. Like that's as practical as it gets. Because if you just hope for it or just think about it, that's not um, really a strategy. And that's really not living the life worthy of the calling. Like so to have vision and see the Lord giving you a calling for who you're supposed to be, 
but without writing it down or actually, actually taking those goals and habits for that, it's just not going to happen. And so number three, you need to put it into practice. So if I could give you any of these practical things, what we're going to do for the next four minutes, it will be 1032, and I will come up and wrap us up. I want you guys to pray. But if this is new language to you, simply you ask the Lord, Lord, what do you have purposed for me? Lord, what have I desired that has been a godly desire from a little boy? Like, what dreams do I need to have? And I want those to come back to life today. Then I want you to write them down. So I know there's pens and paper. Share the pens. But four minutes. So Lord, go ahead and start praying. Lord, we ask for vision. Lord, I ask that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see, a mind to comprehend and a heart to be courageous to do what you're asking us to do. And Lord, this is what you've shown me. This is fun. This is where life is in you because we're loved and we're safe and we're cared for by you and we receive something then that we can give away to others. So today for us, would we receive something for you that would impact others and the world, our kids that we don't even know yet? Would it impact our grandchildren? Would it last? Would you give us a vision, Lord, a calling that would impact um, the people around us and the people that will be here after we go into our eternal rest with you? So Jesus, speak. So now if you heard something from the Lord or you have an idea or 10 ideas, man, write them down. Write them down. And I pray that these um, thoughts, you would take that next step and draw near to the Lord, not just this moment, but throughout the week. So I have some homework for you, okay? Um, this is the put it into practice, I guess. So the homework is to read Matthew 6 and 7. I'm old school, maybe a little old-fashioned. And so, like, when someone gives me homework, I'm a coach. And so this is optional homework. But raise your hand if you'll read Matthew 6 and 7 with me. You're saying, I'll do it. I'll do it this week. Matthew 6, if you don't have a Bible or you need a Bible, come see me. We'll walk over and get you one. Matthew 6 and 7 says, Give to the needy, pray fast, store up your treasures in heaven. Do not worthy. It goes on to say, ask and seek and knock. But today I would like to wrap up um, our time together with Matthew 6, 33. And it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Each day. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to come and be together, have some pancakes and meet around the table um, with friends and open up your scripture. And I pray that as men and women in this room, that we would seek first your kingdom today and this week for our lives. 
Lord, that we would seek first your righteousness today, this week, and for our lives. And then you would add all these other things to us. And so, Lord, would we walk out of here more in love with you with this realization that God loves us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.